Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How's your week? Good. It's been a, a nice uh, Labor Day weekend here in the U.S., The uh, which, uh, t- mm-hmm. tell me, do you know more about the history of Labor Day? Is it just like a day off that because we work? I mean, people uh, work, Yeah, right? I think it's... I think it's recognition of the laboring class, of which you and I are kind of not really part of. We're white-collar uh, 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 workers, as they say. But We don't labor. Yeah, we don't just, labor. Right. We're not, you know, plumbers or coal miners or anything like that. True, true. Um, we, don't, we don't do physical labor, is what I'm ah, saying. Ah, got it. Or, yeah, right, uh, right. Or, or or menial. So so they, they only get one day off a year for working their butts off. Man, that's rough. <laughs> well, you know, it's a it's a dedicated like day of day of recognition. I know the sort of equivalent holiday in Japan translates to Labor Thanksgiving. I don't think they have Thanksgiving like we do. It, but it's a it's like Secretary's Day. It's a day to uh, acknowledge. The workers and like like recognize and celebrate them that's uh, contrary to what um um ignorant people on facebook believe it is not a day to remember fallen soldiers <laughs> we have that day it's called memorial day they, they just <laughs> totally get those two things confused is that what it is yeah i don't one, i don't one's know. The i mean day off in the spring he, one's the day off in the fall you know yeah here in the u.s those are the those are the bookmarks on our um on our holiday tourism season, right? It sort of kicks off <laughs> with Memorial Day right. and then sort of ends in Labor Day. So a lot of things like parks and campgrounds and things will say, you know, these are our hours from Memorial Day to Labor Day and then reduced hours the rest of the year. Well, I got to go. I went uh, on a little mini trip this um, last weekend for it because okay. four-day weekend is usually a day to to go on a trip. We went to... We were going to go up to New Buffalo. Wait, wait, how how'd you get a fourth day? I'm only counting three. I took Friday off. You took Friday off. Right. Which which actually I Okay, so, sorry. Go on. <laughs> no. I didn't actually count it in in the I didn't I shouldn't count it cuz I only went on Saturdays when we left. Friday just took a day off. Um mm-hmm. but the um uh Oh, so we were going to go up to New Buffalo, Michigan, kind of in your neck of the woods area. Um Okay. But but uh because I didn't um reserve hotels early, evidently there are very few hotels in that area up near Michigan. And like hmm. for a hundred miles every hotel was full and the ones that weren't were charging exorbitant amount of prices for hotels. Uh huh. So we decided That's kind of go ahead. Kind of the kind of the opposite of the situation that, that I think the airlines are in. I guess. I Maybe. I guess. I it's know. just so expensive. So I we uh, decided to look another direction and went uh, looked at St. Louis. And St. Louis had tons of places uh, or tons of space and really really cheap prices. So we decided to go to St. Louis instead. Um, mm-hmm. And it was really fantastic. I mean, really great. You saw that uh, saw that arch. Saw that arch thing. That big, you know, McDonald half of the McDonald's. Thing. I don't. I don't know if I've ever been to St. Louis. Uh, I've like been maybe, several maybe times. Maybe driven through once, but uh, I, I will yeah, say I grew up. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I I grew up in in northern Illinois, so to me, St. Louis always seems like 
really far south. We also had family for a while in Iowa. Ah. So we we almost never went south. Like we would go west and north into Wisconsin or Minnesota. Mm. Um and you know, over you know, some of the state parks out by the Mississippi, but we almost never went south. Yes, I I, I think I've never done it, but I feel that traveling north to south in Illinois would be a terrible thing. It's <laughs> nothing against Illinois. I have I absolutely and Illinois is great. It's just that you know driving across it, much like driving across the or northern part of Indiana, is not exciting. Um, yeah, it's it's a long state north to south, and I don't know if it's if it's like this the whole way, but uh, unlike Indiana and Michigan. Um, the interstates are not 70 miles an hour. They're 55. Oh, well, maybe 60. Maybe I-70 was 65. Okay, so it's at least 65. It's I'm, I'm, I've mostly driven on um, 80 and 90 that are the same in Indiana, but in Illinois, they're split. Um, and that's probably just because of this, the city. Like, all of the Chicago roads say 55, which is like a joke it's just like the the 465 loop in indianapolis it's supposed to be 55 but people are going 65 all day yeah and and the i'm not sure totally about illinois but i know that at least indiana for the top three quarters it's the not to get to all geological on people but the the ice age came through and the glacier came down and scraped all that um and then it's kind of all that's very much more flat also very fertile but very flat land. Granted, in, yeah, in southern it's, Indiana, it's, you get, you get hills and stuff. But It's flat prairie land in the north northern half of the state. Yeah. Really, from not very far past Bloomington yeah. and then north. Right. It's all, it's all prairie. Right. And in Illinois, I think it feel, feels as very much like that as well. So, just, so I guess traveling in it is, is not great. But um, St. Louis is... I was telling Shelly this weekend, I was saying, you know, I've always considered St. Louis like a wonderful place to visit, but definitely a place I'd never want to live. It's just, okay. it has all sorts of problems anyway, but it has so much, so many fun, amazing, great things to do. And it's not a, it's not a terrible city. It, it really isn't. It's just, I, I don't know. There's just too much problems, I guess, political and things kind of happen around there. Um, but it's, man, hmm. they have so much, so many attractions and things to do for, like family and 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 non-family things uh just done six flags the bush stadium they have um the the arch and those are just like the staples that we went to we didn't go to any of those we went to uh a big place called union station which is a uh converted um train station train station that has like a massive ferris wheel in it and the carousel and a, a oh, and, and the city's a, cool. a big aquarium is in it so we went through the aquarium um it's it's and it's in a huge pad it's just really gorgeous if anybody wants to google pictures for uh, st louis union station it's really neat um and it was i'll bet that the i don't i don't know that this is true this is just sort of a reckon on my part mm -hmm. but i'll bet that the train that used to go through paoli and and french lick probably went all the way across to oh, to I, bet. Station I bet, I bet, I bet, yeah. Um, we uh, so so it's uh, half of it's outside, half of it's inside, uh, kind of the stuff. Okay. Inside was uh, yeah. pretty safe. There was, you know, 
it feels like one of those places that would be a huge place for everyone to go and be everyone would be there all the time. But because of the, the pandemic going mm-hmm. on, it's probably half of the people just kind of are there, which makes I mean, when you go out and do things these days, everything is lessened. It's just just naturally less people going right. out. Uh, so that was one thing that helped it better. And then also they were doing super more precautions with like temperature checks and requiring masks and mm. stuff like that. And um, we had two experiences with that this weekend worth noting. We went to that Union Station and then we also went to the St. Louis Zoo, which is one of the best zoos in the country. It's also free. Okay. Um, nice. They, they uh, have this thing. It's, it's gorgeous. They have a, like a big, huge park in St. Louis. It's blocks and blocks and blocks long um and the zoo's in the middle of it so anyway you you know on the onset it feels like you go to their site website and you read all the stuff they're doing for precautions and things and it feels like oh they're they got a handle on this they're working through it we had to make reservations for times to go in even though it's free you they only allowing so many admitting admittance or whatever at one time Mm -hmm. and uh so that unlike the union station was a terrible experience like we went in oh. and yes, they require the mask when you go in, but then there is no one around that checking or caring if anybody else has masks on. So as soon as people go in, they take them right off. They take them off. Yeah. And, and they're just walking around in crowds and standing right next to each other. And you'll see an elephant or something. And then there's mm. literally 30 people all crowded together with nothing on whatsoever. And it was just, I would, you know, me and the kids would come up to and Shelly would go up to a giraffe or something. Right. And then nobody's around. No big deal. We have our masks on, but then all of a sudden just all, there's just tons of people all around you and you're like, Oh, this is not cool Mm -hmm. at all. And they have nothing on all the indoor attractions were closed, but still the worst part is that unlike union station where they have just staff everywhere to kind of Mm. remind people, Hey, you know, need your, need your, need your mask up, need your things, you know, keep you, keep people in line, you know, keep people spread up or spread apart. So as you know, in union station, when you would go and line up for the queue for the aquarium, which again, you had to get a specific time to enter for, um, they Mm -hmm. only let you in at your time to even get in the queue. And then there were people throughout, you know, kind of beside the queue that would tell you where to stop so that you couldn't get closer to the people in front of you or the people behind you. But the zoo had nobody, nothing, and didn't care. And it was completely terrible. And and we just, after we got halfway through it, we're like, we need to go. This is not a good place for a, to be in a pandemic. Yeah. That's a, that's a situation where the, the free admittance, uh, kind of causes a lot of negatives, right? Like more people are going to be there because it's free and then they don't have the revenue to, uh, have it adequately staffed it sounds i mean i'm sure that they have like you know whatever you call zookeepers and like to take care of the animals and things but as far as like crowd control and not security but you know what i mean yeah no for sure i mean i if the places that i've been during this where i go visit different places have the best ones have been where they have staff just standing around helping and reminding people about you know that kind of stuff Um, right and, and those with experiences with school as well at IU and with um, Sydney's school with her high school, the same thing applies when they, they all have people around and people tend to behave more when there's someone that they're kind of, you know, when they pull their mask down. Sure. It's like, uh, it's like um, 
it's like loss prevention in retail, right? Like right. you go, and there are many situations where where stores have like commissioned salespeople and stuff, and that's part of their their deal. But if they don't, the you know the the cashier, stocker, or whatever asking you know if you need help with stuff is like it's partly in case you need help. If you're like me, I never I don't want to talk to people. <laughs> exactly so, right. You know. I'm like, nope, I'm good. I'm fine. Although that that's not true. So I've plenty of times, especially in the big DIY store or whatever, I'm looking for something, I'll ask somebody. Sure, but, sure. Um, part of that in like stores in the mall or whatever is to make sure people know that they are not unobserved, right? Right. Um, if they're so, so you know potential shoppers or something. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the uh, and, and that's that's the same way with this with this mask thing. So. I guess the report there was that the St. Louis Zoo is completely not a good place to go at all. It is, I don't know how it's not a super spreader thing every time. Uh, but uh, honestly, the other side is that they, for some reason, they don't hardly, they have half the animals out. I mean, at, at most. we hmm. I've been there four times now. And one was uh, about two years ago was the last time. And they have plenty, it's a, it's a beautiful zoo with amazing stuff. This they just have everything shut down. None of the animals were out, and I and I don't know why. I'm sure it's some reason for the pandemic, but I don't know why that is. I mean, if they were shut down for a while, they probably are low. I mean, I don't know. They don't charge admittance, so I don't know what their revenue model is. But I assume they're short staffed. Yeah, that, that maybe that's what it is for sure. Um, but the, yeah, the union station was great. So I so said, we did, we did that. We did, you know, pool swimming, things like that. Hotel hotel was great as usual. Mm-hmm. The uh, people wearing masks in the hotel, all the pools have reserved times, which is a neat little side effect of staying in a hotel. Now, most of the pools we've been there, you have to sign up for a time for your family and then only your family's in there, which is, Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Which is nice. I, I go back and forth on pools. Like I'm not a big pool person yeah same here and uh my my mom once years ago got um legionnaire's disease mm-hmm. which is a, a thing a thing that you get from public pools it's, oh, it's called right. that because a group of american legion legionnaires all caught it at the same time weird um and so so on the one hand i'm like yeah like i don't want to share somebody's air much less like be swimming in the same soup but then at the same time i'm like i'm like man a lot of chemicals go in that water you would think yeah that it you know it could be done in such a way to neutralize that um i mean you're darn near swimming in in bleach right yeah i'm not saying you should you should you know spray lysol down your throat but uh you know (laughs) right it's a bleach and that seems like seems like it could be kind of neutralized but yeah that um that reserve time slot thing yeah the, would, and and we would be really nice because i'm sure hotels are are lower occupancy right now they we never right. had a problem getting a pool time and then it really they weren't always reserved before or after so we could come a little earlier or stay later and it was no big deal uh, i'm i'm yeah. sure there are a lot of people thinking the the first thing that i said about pools and like legionnaires type stuff and going yeah we're, we're not we're not going to public pool <laughs> yeah no for sure and so so even if even if the the hotel is is crowded and high right. high rates i mean rates are always high on holidays but um i i could see it still having low low pool occupancy yeah and and uh i i'm sure every just like everything with you go on vacations where you go but 
uh, St. Louis, again, I've been multiple times. I've never had the um, low price rate for the hotel in really nice hotels and um, the low, uh, I don't know, population or traffic or whatever. It felt like it was a, if you ever travel in a place in a city and it's like nighttime and on a weeknight, that's kind of how it felt during the day even, right? Oh, I see. Sure. Yeah, it's just, just, I mean, there's traffic, but not, you know, light traffic um, and plenty of places to park. You know, it, it really felt like a Sunday. How about that? It feels like a Sunday every day there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, b- besides, you know, a de- deadly, deadly disease out there, <laughs> the vacationing is not terrible. Right. Uh, so, yeah, it, it was fun. Um, how did your weekend go? Did, you got to do some some good house things, right? Um, yeah, we've, uh, we've gotten, um, pretty much all the, all the big and, and minor things. We've gotten it all cleaned. Um, there are a couple of things we still want to do. There's some trim inside a closet that we didn't do that when we were done, we're like, uh, you can see right in there. We should probably put some trim in that closet. You've come so far, um, like even the time we've been doing stuff so far. I, I went over a day or two ago and took a couple videos and a bunch of pictures, and I'm going to be updating um, the Drake's Brewhouse website. I was, I was just going to ask that, yeah. If you, if you We've talked about this a couple times, but not recently. Uh, it's, a, it's a web address that I bought for um, doing homebrewing, like homebrew beer, which I got into in like 2010 or 11. Um and did it a couple times and then, you know, sort of lost interest in it. But I still had this web address when I bought the house. And I'm like, well, I'll just use that same address because it's got house in the name. <laughs> right. And, uh, and that works. And but, it works. Uh, yeah. The, if, yes. if, if you ever had like extra fun time, which is, you know, rare these days, uh, you should do like one of those before and after transition video things where, you know, you see a room before, then you guys gutted it and then what it looks like after type things. Because you, you guys yeah, didn't just did. retouch up things. You pulled down walls. Yeah, yeah, we did. And I have a video of the second floor, so I'll have a comparison. I don't know if I'll do any sort of fancy back and forth in the same video, but there are at least two videos, so you can see the before and after. Unfortunately, I did not do the same on the first floor before we started making major changes. Um, but... I'll definitely pull together whatever photos I still have from um, the beginning of the project to see to see those differences. Yeah, very cool. Well, you know, it's, it's coming up, and what, what are what are you going? What is Dennis going to be now without the the, the brew house? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm just going to have to I'm going to have to really focus on my podcasting career. <laughs> Your podcasting career, move that forward, right? Put that energy into it. The uh, well, it's very cool. Like I said, I know people have been since the beginning of the show. We've talked about it occasionally here and there. So, let's see the the culmination of things slowly come come to a to a head here, and we'll see your your life. Yeah, change. it's it's been this it's been this project in the in the backdrop of my life for over five years now. So, I don't know. I'm not sure what I'm going to do next. But <laughs> you know something. what? Maybe you take this lesson and you do another house. So. <laughs> Maybe G- not, give give yourself a breather right of you know a month or two at least. Mm-hmm. So, 
Hey, uh, so we had some things happen this last weekend, I think. Uh, there was, it was surprising to me, but there's a, there was Star Trek mini convention or something this last weekend. Is that right? Uh, that was yesterday. Was, yesterday? It, was, was it yesterday? I thought it was like a couple days ago. Or last week? No, it was yesterday. I remember because we're we're recording off schedule. We're recording on a Wednesday, right? And as I was watching some of this stuff yesterday, I thought, man, I'm glad that we didn't record on Monday because now we can talk about this stuff a little bit. The the um, I will say that I missed a lot of it. I I came back from my again. My job is not a not a job where you just go and leave. I have so when I miss work, I actually it's compiling things. So when I came back, I had a ton of work. And a ton of schoolwork, and I've and and all of a sudden I start to see rant, rant, little bits and pieces that there's this thing happening. I see it in our group chats and stuff that there's this Star Trek thing. Like what? And I go look online a little bit, and I'm like, oh man, I'm missing all the stuff. Um, I did see the Discovery season two trailer, which or wait three season three three right yeah. trailer, which looks cool. I guess it doesn't really tell us much. Um, yeah, I was I was really hyped when I watched it. So. I I sort of knew about this because I think you linked something and then I saw it. Like I have CBS All Access, so I get emails from that. Mm-hmm. And um and I was like, oh, that's cool. Star Trek Day, whatever that means. Yeah, like what's and, that about, right? And then um yesterday morning I saw the email and it said they were um you know, they were streaming stuff all day. They were gonna like put the shows on free streaming for the day or whatever and they were going to show favorite episodes or whatever and so i opened it up while i was working and they were showing uh the pilot of picard star trek picard Mm -hmm. and then pilot's probably the wrong word the first episode right and then a an episode of deep space nine where they think cisco is captain cisco is dead it's told from a frame of old jake Right, I think son. I remember that one. Right, I don't know if you remember that episode. I, I do. Yeah, and then, and then they showed City on the Edge of Forever, the original series episode where they go back to the thirties. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I don't know what they showed after that. I had to turn it off and get get on a work call. Um, but. I saw they were not only were they doing that, but they had all these panels lined up throughout the day and the panels had a bunch of actors on them. Um, and I was like, what, what is like, this is, I wish I had known I would have like taken the day off or something. Of course they do have, um, those panels on, you know, a video on demand or whatever. You can go to star Trek.com and, and watch them. Uh, and I'll put, I'll put links to all that all of those because I did not get to see all of them. Um, I watched most of the one about discovery season three, which was okay. Um, we've talked about that show at length. Yeah. And uh, it, we'll it did have the, uh, I, I mean, the weird thing, kind of weird thing is that they had, a isn't the, the actor that was in the short trek from season one to season two. Isn't he in this one in season three? Is that correct? Maybe. I, I don't know if that's the same guy. I'm going to have, have, to, I'm have to go back and watch that show. It's been years, I or literally years since right. we watched Short Trek. Mm-hmm. But I remember that there was 
a short trek with a guy from the future, way in the future somehow. Yeah, yeah I don't think that's the same guy. But, oh, okay. uh, we'll, it would be cool if they tied it. We can okay, double sure. check. I think they showed that that short trek yesterday too, but I didn't. Like I said, I couldn't. I couldn't have it on all day because I was working. But um, did they show any other kind of trailers for any of the other shows? I, I don't know how they have trailers from thing, some things, but no. I mean, I mean the, Discovery, Discovery was done, the new. But... The new trailer for Discovery Season 3 was the only trailer I saw. There may have been others. Um, we've talked about that show kind of at length. I'm right. I'm not, I'm not, not excited to see what it is because it's more Star Trek. Um, but I think, as I said when we talked about this before, um, my favorite things about Season 2 of Discovery were the three characters that are going to be in strange new worlds, the three characters that did not go with them into the future. Right. Oh, that's spoilers. Sorry for discovery <laughs> season two. Um, and so like, even though there are characters that I like, like Tilly and Stamets and um, Saru, I'm just, I don't, I don't know. Like from the things that they said in the panel, I'm just not sure whether they, get and see star trek the same way that that i do and that's just not you know i don't i don't know how much of my perspective is indicative of the entire fan base but um it's this kind of post it's not post federation from what they've said the federation exists but it's it's been diminished to such a point that they are just in survival mode is the expression that one of the producers literally used um and that the current situation there is similar to present day politics, which I'm like, it's hard for me to be too down on because right. even though a lot of people are doing that now, that's always been a little bit of Star Trek's MO, right? I mean, it is. Um, I mean, they're it, always it about is, what's but, happening. And, yeah. But, but in a, you know, I feel like the older shows tried to... Um, see a future beyond that yeah they, they, um, they always an, try to see a, a, a hopefulness within that topic of yeah, whatever not, they're not, doing not just not just tell a story um not just tell a story that's a direct parallel to a present day situation like the the battlestar galactica reboot did that but um but you know say oh hey remember in the past when people used to be racist and you know, it's the sixties, like people are yeah. still very racist. I right. saw just a little bit of um, the original series panel. They had um, George Takei and Takai. I don't think I'm saying that right. Um, and I could, I only got to see a little bit of it because I, you know, I work was calling me, but they were talking about him um, you know, his experience in that time, um, being closeted and wanting to, wanting to, you know, see something like that on this show, because this was a show about, you know, moving past differences, right? Like I've said this many times, like on the bridge of the enterprise was a white guy, a Japanese guy, a Russian guy, a black woman and an alien, Right. Like right. all working together. Right. Um, and he talked just a little bit about that episode um, where Spock and Uhura kiss and they're like 
even in that episode, I think they're being mind controlled, but that was the first interracial quote unquote kiss on TV. And he said that, um, at the, at the time that was the lowest ever rated episode of Star Trek. And in the South, in the Southern States, um, those scenes were blacked out. Right. I want to do a quick little like, thing that I, I you like, wow, misspoke a, a little bit there. You said you said Spock. Oh, sorry. You said Spock and Uhura. It was Kirk and Uhura. Oh, that's right. That's I'm. You know, I'm confusing it with with the the Abrams movies. The Abrams, yeah. Right where they're, and, and where I, they're. I, I know you know that. Just uh, it was a misspeak. Yeah. The yeah. the, the uh, yeah and and actually any of those kind of things or on Next Generation when they talk about stuff and and things that are difficult, uh, they they always it's like. It's again. It's always kind of a hopeful-ish spin, or a you know we overcome it type thing, or if let's say racism in general, or other kind of social or political problems that they they echo in uh, they put themes for in those shows. It was always one of those. No, we beat this. We're not like this. The Federation isn't like that. Your race may be, or your people may be, but we're not, and we're not going to stand for it type thing. And we are better than that. It's, it's right. kind of how it always comes out to be. I, I'm not, I'm not, I get what you're saying here. I'm not as interested in like, oh, this is terrible. And there are terrible people within the Federation. And it's all, t- you know, it's we're we have to accept that we're all different and terrible really in our inside and live with that and still be okay. That's not the Star Trek kind of that I enjoy. Um, and I, I'm not knocking Discovery because I actually, I think I like it a little bit more than what you might. And because I always find that I go back and forth. Yeah, I agree. I, I, um, I always find that when it's on, I'm always very excited for it. And I always excited for the next episode and I really enjoy it. And then when it goes on a year and a half to two year hiatus, (laughs) you just, I just like, ah, whatever. It's not, you know, and then we start thinking, remembering the things that weren't so great. Um, like Lieutenant love interest and stuff like that. And it's just like, yeah, yeah, I don't the, need the, it. They talked a lot about this this new character being this significant love interest for Michael Burnham, and I'm like, man, I don't, I'm not interested at all in that. Right, That's, right. Uh, so, it, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't help that they're doing the show that I want to see, and so that makes me even like if they weren't doing Strange New Worlds, I probably could find more reasons to be hyped for discovery season three. Yeah. Um, on, on that thing, with, I watched where that thing with Burnham, I think it was more of chemistry. Those two actors had no chemistry together. I don't know if these new yeah. ones will, but you know, some things don't like, like Maybe the they will. And world if, things, they, those people have chemistry together, like Spock. Yeah. And number one yeah. And, and, and I, I don't know if we've, if we've said this, but they confirmed that strange new world is going to be episodic. Um, they're going to be, um, the way they described it is it's it still is different from the way episodic television was in the 60s and even in the 80s yeah um 80s and 90s next generation like the the characters in next generation um what did they say there's there's like a percentage of change you can do and i think this is something greg daniels or somebody said in doing the office like a character can change up to five percent and yeah. I don't think in Next Generation, characters even changed by 5% in a single episode. Like, maybe 5% over a season. Yeah. Right. Just just very slow. Like, season 5 uh, Picard is different from season 1 Picard, but not massively. Right? Just, just, a, just a little bit. And 
and every episode still stands alone. And so they're going to do a similar kind of thing. The example people always give is, is again, City on the Edge of Forever. Um, if you haven't seen that, uh, it's an old classic, probably the best episode of original series Star Trek. But Kirk goes through this trauma, right, in that episode. Um, and if you haven't seen it, this is a spoiler, so... Right, I've, I've said it twice now. Um, he ha- he falls in love with this woman and has to let her die. Right, and at the end of the episode, he is distraught. Right, he's not sitting in his big chair on the bridge laughing at his own joke. Like he's in a conference room, head in hands, like devastated. Right. And the next week, it's a new adventure. Nothing's changed because that's how TV was in the sixties. Um, I, I can't. And hear, so they I obviously. Can't you, I can't hear you say that without thinking the lower decks thing, where she says, "Man, those that Enterprise people, it's like a whole other thing every week with those guys." <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That's funny. Um, I also found out in the um the, in the Strange New Worlds uh, panel that Rebecca Romaine's husband is the guy that voices the first officer in Lower Decks. Oh yeah, right, right. Um. And which I didn't, I didn't know. So they had a whole funny thing back and forth about who is the best number one in their house because they're both playing first officers. And they're like, well, number one is second in command. And so the first in command is their cat who is named captain, which is a funny sort of coincidence. But um, then the one uh, producer that they had in the panel said that he has been pushing for a crossover and it wasn't clear to me because there were a, there was a lot of uh, uh, people talking over each other because somebody had mentioned Jonathan Frakes, right? Rebecca Romaine was like, I, you know, it's in our house. I'm not, I don't, I don't want to step on, uh, you know, uh, Jonathan Frakes has done some great work and, and mm-hmm. this and that. And so when he said crossover, I was like, is that crossover with characters from Lower Decks or are they going to, are they going to bring, well, I mean, I guess they couldn't bring um, a well. It's sci-fi. They could do a time travel thing, but it would be uh, exceedingly weird if they somehow managed to get Riker into a um, into an episode of Strange New Worlds, unless it's like Riker's great great grandfather or something. Like they've done that. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, and you know, anything's possible. You know, we are coming up on the time in media where everything that was done or close to done is has been holding out for their releases for the return to air quotes normalcy. And now they're sure. like finally caving in and starting to go ahead and release things because we've been, you know, six months without new media um, for the most part. So we're, we're going to start seeing, you know, new content for a little bit, but they still have yet to really be ramping up other content. Like we are seeing panels for this, you know, strange new worlds, but they should have started working on it, you know, six months ago. They were going to be able to be able to. Right, right. They they talked about that. I think the actors knew even while they were filming season two of Discovery that Strange New Worlds was going to happen, but they couldn't tell anybody. Right. right. They couldn't. They couldn't even tell other cast members. And so when like stuff would happen to their character, they're like, oh, can't kind of, kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, it would. We would probably be seeing at least trailers, if not, you know, air dates by now, if it weren't for this. Right. And, stupid, and, and now and now we, we don't. So, you know, it's uh, you and I talked a little bit before this just kind of mentioned, like, we don't know if Hollywood is going to be 
getting into to or recording and doing stuff because it's just we're we're gonna have this we have this huge drought in media as it is it's gonna be even more so in the future it's not gonna even let's say there was a this whole pandemic end we got a great miracle cure tomorrow ready to go off the thing it's still they're gonna start it back up and it takes ramp up time and then it's gonna be several months before we start people start rewriting things and and coming together and having meetings again so that they can start stuff and then we've got two years. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would not see the a new Marvel thing happening for years, right? Or and that's just Marvel, mm-hmm. but new, interesting, exciting movies. So I'm not trying to be sad about it, but I'm I'm saying that Discovery. It's nice to know that Discovery's coming out, but I'm not in a real hurry because I know there's going to be a long drought after that 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 happens. So right, I I'd love to have everything now, but. You know, <laughs> I, I'm a, I understand it. It's nice that it's nice that, that that they you know actors and stuff do these little panels and stuff like that. DC Universe did has done some stuff, and I guess they're doing more coming up. Um, not DC Universe, but DC Fandom. So right, you know, right. it, it gives us a little bit to go on. They're doing their best that they can do with some stuff and helping of uh, 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 the kindness of their own heart kind of type stuff, um, which is nice. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, that's a lot of Star Trek stuff that, that happened. Um, <laughs> you want to talk about? We had a weird movie this week. Speaking of, this is new media. New media to me. Uh, right. You want to go under our twenty twenty challenge and talk about some Inception? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So this week, uh, as previously mentioned, um, the the movie the movie on the poster was Memento, which we saw. Uh, back somewhere in our first 50 episodes, I feel like, in our first year. Yeah. Um, and so instead, I swapped it out for a another Christopher Nolan movie that is even higher rated on IMDb, uh, 2010's Inception. Yeah, and uh, higher rated is the right right thing. I mean, it's fun, funny that it didn't make this this thing, but, but Memento did. I mean, I know that the poster is... A completely subjective thing that was created by somebody or a committee, you know, before. Sure. But Inception, watching this without going into the spoiler section, feels that like it should it should have been. If you have to, the, if you have, if you must scratch one of these two, which you should not of a top one hundred, you know, okay, we're <laughs> going to pick one. Inception's probably the higher rated or accepted as higher rated than, than Memento. Yeah, it's. Um, I don't know. That that conversation is a tricky sort of thing. Memento is very early in his career, so it's it's a little bit like using Reservoir Dogs instead of a later um, uh, Tarantino yeah. movie. Um, I know. Oh, they're both fantastic Memento, these, these movies, but yeah, yeah. In Inception won four Oscars, and uh, Memento was only nominated, but they're you know fifty five and thirteen on the list, and of course. This is IMDb's list, so it's the yeah. it's just based on the aggregate one to ten score, uh, based on people who vote on movies on, based, based on people. Yeah, there we go. Based on people who vote on movies on IMDb. So Memento has an eight point four, Inception has an eight point eight. Like, really, yeah, yeah you know, yeah. point they're, four. They're fantastic, um, and and Christopher Nolan, 
you know, this list that was, we go through, I, I'm, I'm beginning to formulate besides my old classic, you know, we all love Steven Spielberg type things. Um, I'm starting to for formulate, uh, directors that I, you know, like mm -hmm. or dislike. And obviously, uh, last week's complaint fest of, uh, clockwork orange, Kubrick, uh, yeah. realized it put Kubrick in my, my, my Nick's pile. But this one, this is, uh, Nolan has risen higher and higher in my good pile as, as we start watching more and more movies that I had not really seen of him. Um, granted, there I always like Batman. There are course, some directors but... whose, whose styles are, and maybe, maybe this is where people often use the word auteur, um, where their style is such that you can, you can really pick it out. Like you can really see what sets a Tarantino movie apart from, from any other thing right. or um, a Coen brothers movie or a Christopher Nolan film or a Wes Anderson film, or to an extent, a, a Stanley Kubrick film. Um, Spielberg is a little trickier, right? Like you sort of know what it is. And if it's a, if it's a, a movie that got a lot of mainstream success and, and, uh, and, adoration it's there's a good chance it's a spielberg movie but it's a little harder to describe like what what the qualities of his style is but yeah christopher nolan is now high on our list it i mean it is sort of thrown off by the fact that we watched uh memento before this but we watched the dark knight we watched the prestige um right. we watched inception or memento depending on um your preference and i feel like there was one more i guess not yeah well i will say that that you know every time i no, watch it i i like it more three. now his i don't know if it's his style but the thing that like he does at least that what we've seen is is this whole like mind teaser make you think type movies which Right. I don't know. He he's a director, right? So it's important for us to remember that directors are the visual storytellers. Editors put those visual parts together. So cinematographers yeah, a, and directors are the are the shot, the eyeballs that you're seeing through. It's right, the writers right. that do all these things, but he writes most of his stuff. So Right. He writes and directs. And so the the movies that are the most Nolan, as we might say, are the ones that he did both. It's not always the case. Like, his Batman movies are not, you know, they have no weird time jumping anything. Right. right? They're they're pretty straightforward, you know, comic book superhero movies. I mean, they're, they're very good, but there's nothing Memento or Inception or Interstellar kind of confusing about them. But and the confusing is, is kind of a... Yeah, and I, 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 I don't, that's not. something I want to say about this movie, and we're still not in spoilers here, but that um, I like how you use the word confusing, but Sydney and I, as we were watching this, um, she got really invested in it halfway through, too, mm -hmm. was when we talked about it, it was, it's the movies that make your brain uh, work on multiple levels, and you can, I almost feel like we said it makes multiple parts of your brain work at the same time. Like you, ha you have to really yeah. be thinking multiple levels, and he his movies do right. that. So yes, that can be. Confusing. I'm sure that I, I get that, but right, yeah. If you yeah. want, and if so you want to that, stay with them, say, you have to be really engaged. with Confusing your mind. is a 
is a derogatory term and i and i use it that way because i think sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't i mean i remember in when i first saw memento in 2000 2001 when it was brand new um i spent a couple days afterward uh you know because i didn't have well, I don't think I knew anybody else who had seen it. And so I'm like, well, I can't talk about this movie. Like, it, the whole thing hinges on its reveal. So I I would just, I you know, run back through it in my mind and, and just sort of ponder it. And that's the first movie that I remember doing that with. And it's that, it's that exact kind of thing. I watched um, the newer movie Dunkirk last year or, or something. Yeah. Um, and I remember mostly just being annoyed. It's like, this is, you're telling the story in a weird, like, time scale thing, sort of similar to how Inception works, but it feels completely unnecessary. Yeah. Um, and I was just always kind of lost as to who and what I was, I was watching. It doesn't help that the setting means that it's always the same, right? It's always, you know, the same era in... Um, in World War Two, and um, and the characters, most of the characters look the same, right? On the beach, there are like five or six characters, and they all look like eighteen-year-old English or or European guys. Like they all look kind of the same. Yeah. Anyway, we're not we're not talking about Dunkirk. Uh, we're talking <laughs> about Inception. Inception. So. Uh, you want to get into spoilers? Um, sure. Right. <laughs> um, sure. Uh, so spoilers right. here. Um, so it's hard to say spoilers because uh, again, I know we've all seen this who are listening now, but um, uh, his movies are about the the complexities, as I said in the non-spoiler section, the complexities of making your mind think. And this one even says on multiple levels. They they use the key words like the levels of the dream, and therefore mm-hmm. you have to be thinking of all these different things. Uh, so this I watched this show. Uh, I've been very busy, so I watched this show in in two different um, sittings. And, and I know a lot of people will say, "Oh, how could you do that?" It, it was okay, my I, friends. It I was totally I did okay. that as well, but it, I I'd already okay. seen it. I saw it in the theaters, so. right? And, and I and I could feel when when things were getting ready to to change, and it was like I, I needed to go do other things. And this is a good stopping point. So I, I watched it in two, and the reason I say that is so that I can say that like uh, there's a first act and a second act, and they're yeah, or first half and second half, and they are when I saw that second half, which is then when they go into the big job and they have the big dream thing happens. There's still right. half of the movie left. Like it's a two yep. and a half hour like long movie, and when they go into that dream, you, I I paused and saw that there's a large chunk of the movie left, like an hour and a half or so, to, to still watch. And I thought, okay, good, this is a good good spot, and I didn't lose anything because of that. But I guess what I'm trying to get here is that the movie has the the complexity of the plot and what's happening and the whole setup and the characters in the first half, and then the second yep. half feels like a almost a little bit of a different movie it's it's the heist i guess right it's a heist yeah and, and what yeah. what happens in that and still obviously has some character things here uh i have very repeated multiple times um oh why am i all of a sudden when i say it i'm drink, drawing a blank his the, the main actor's name um leonardo leonardo dicaprio Leo, is yeah maybe my most favorite actor of all time um 
and <laughs> he he doesn't he doesn't disappoint it's in a this bold one. statement it, it really is um I, I i always put him i say i always my classic is to say he's in my top three but the more i say okay. that i keep thinking like okay well he's he's always in my top three and i like everything is and when i watch shows like this which i had not seen before which i'm not sure i said that right um you know i i just watch him act and he just it's not he's not delivering lines in any time he's the person in the thing and he's also not the same guy from wolf of yeah. wall street or blood diamond or catch me if you can or he's not the same character he's somebody different in this one yeah he's not i mean he's not daniel day lewis but he is um he is Cobb in this movie right um you know the the emotions and the and the story are there so i didn't hit the bell but i'm gonna hit the bell yeah i I don't i don't know Uh, because (laughs) because so much of so much of the real story and this is a little bit of a a thing that i that i attribute to spielberg when spielberg is making good spielberg um is that the all of the like tech wizardry and and weird hand wavy sci-fi stuff is just in service of this um this love story regret sort of thing happening with leonardo dicaprio's character and and so much of that is delivered in looks and expressions and reactions between him and um ellen page and um she has a weird name like is it or or something uh and um also between him and joseph gordon levitt and a couple of the others it's it was weird to see tom hardy's whole face that that threw me off (laughs) um he he's really good in this one i I heard before going into this that that he was good in this one and yes he was uh i enjoyed ellen page she was good but she was also uh not complex Right, like her character came in no, no. oddly. She's a and they just added. She's her. a sort of. She's a little bit of an audience surrogate, right? She's somebody right. for, um, cop. You know, she's sort of like Doc does with Marty, right? Like she's she's the new person for, um, for Cobb to explain everything for the benefit of the audience. Yeah, I, right? I will That's, say that you the do cast, that all the time. The cast felt a little bloated. If I have to say negative things, which I don't like, want to say negative things for this movie, but a little bloated, like sure. almost to the Ocean's uh, Ocean's Eleven type thing where mm-hmm. did you really need Tom Hardy's character or uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character? I like them. I'm not saying I didn't like them. They were great. I loved all right. their scenes, but you, they didn't need to be in there, right? They just a lot, of, even to the part that uh, Saito, Ken Watanabe, his character Ken didn't Watanabe. need to come along, right? um right and, and so so a lot of it was I mean, like there's just a bunch of extra people doing a bunch of extra stuff and when they were on the <laughs> the snow scene it made it worse because then they all have masks on and stuff and i had no idea who's going where what you get confused it, of who's who it's funny that you bring up oceans 11 because just as i was saying that about about explaining i mean it's a heist so like you, yeah i think of other uh well well-known well-loved heist movies which oceans 11 is is high on my list of those yeah. um that that movie's uh audience surrogate sort of person to explain things to is Matt Damon. Like right. they have they have Matt Damon playing a character who could be anybody. Yeah. Could be nobody. 
Right. Uh, and and because it's Ocean's Eleven, they have Matt Damon. <laughs> right. You got to be cool and slick anyway. Well, the, so so that that's a minor complaint, but it, because I, I did have mm-hmm. um, not problems, but as they kept going through, and there's this movie is heady as it is, and there's a lot of things happening and parts that are moving right. and things are trying to get across, and then you get confused about whether you're supposed to pay attention to Tom Hardy and his character, whether he has <laughs> relevance, or whether Joseph Gordon-Levitt is going to be important. Like him and the and Ellen Page could have been the same character, right? You you could have had the the friend be pushing the discovery or pushing the, the character. Right? Sure. But, sure. But George, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was there for, I don't know what reason. Um, well, part- I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to picture what that would be like. You do, because of this three layer thing, you need an X, you need someone in each layer, right? Yeah, the for person, sure. So, and, so you have, and you the, have a the, minimum. The technology is, the technology is all kind of fuzzy, but you have like, a host and an architect all the time. And so it's like one person and then the other person is, is actually conscious and, and doing things. Um, but Joseph Gordon-Levitt does all of this stuff by himself in his level, right? He's doing yeah, all this weird, right. like messed up gravity stuff, which is all fantastical and a big, a big part of the draw. It's like a, an a action sequence that is very unique um and he's doing a lot of this kind of expert stuff right like he has to understand how the the physics of the kick works so that he can do all of those things but you also need a a newcomer so that all of this can be explained to somebody right because there's there's no reason for um Leonardo DiCaprio to explain anything to Joseph Gordon-Levitt because they're partners. They already know everything. Like they need somebody to explain it to. And that's why Ellen Page's character is there. They do sort of oddly make her the like resonant sounding board relationship kind of thing with Khan. And, and, it, and it happens so fast. It really kind of felt unnatural. I, I Again, I knew because the show's cerebral and heady and there's a lot to keep track of that I didn't need to worry about like, well, why would he open up to this girl, and why would she be pressing, and why wouldn't anybody? I, I didn't ask that because I mean, sometimes there was already two things. Yeah, things to sometimes think about. that happens, right? Like that's the that's a big part of the reason for therapists and psychiatrists. Like you have somebody new outside who doesn't know any of your context and your baggage, and you can explain it to them from your perspective, and they're not going to call you on anything because they don't know you. Right. And, um, and when she jumps into his dream and he doesn't get all pissed off about it and I mean he does kind of but it's no yeah, big deal right on yeah. so so some of it's, that stuff was very kind of packed and rushed because it's it, a, it, like, yeah it it's a thing where you it. know you know the movie still has to spend a lot of time showing you a lot of these fantastic things again like the zero gravity um fight sequences and stuff and so the the true story of this relationship stuff at times you're right does does feel a little bit rushed and then you know just hinted at and then later revealed yeah um, well, well like, like i said it's, it's not terrible if, and it's only very nitpicky on those things but um right. if anything that that's those are all minor because they're so great um and, and the only thing that that like say cutting that stuff out may do is help help uh focus more on what's important because there's a lot of other really cool things that is going to garner me you have to watch this a couple times um, not because I didn't understand it all, but because I think it would be clearer 
knowing seeing the thing in action a lot of times like seeing the multiple levels sure, and seeing sure. seeing the architects do their thing and and i'm still not entirely certain on the whole music synchronization of the kick type thing mm-hmm. um and then the missing the so there's a couple things that i, I know they explained but maybe sydney was in the room talking to me or something like that that i might might have missed uh so there's just sure, a sure. lot coming at you all the time in this show and it's great and that goes back to the nolan thing of like they, he's really got an idea and he's really got it kind of fleshed out, but he doesn't need to go into the like specifics of how the mind works. He just, it just, it's Nolan magic and that's what's important. And then he does right. the Spielberg thing, the Spielberg, the Spielberg thing where he's also actually telling you a story of, you know, like a relationship and a, um, a, a human story, a, a human story, right? Which makes this great. And that goes back to what you had said about Spielberg when we talked about great movies. When you said, hey, he's there. the good movies are got this all this thing that's happening, but then there's actually a human story that's actually the real one. And, you know, and that's what makes it right. great, right? Um, so what, yeah. what's uh, Nolan says that he'll never explain his movies at the end. Uh, he, he The reason he said sure. so is because obviously the thing is that it's up to the audience to to uh right to right. decide and i'm you know me i'm always you know, the jury's out on that how i feel about that but um he sure. evidently he tried he was gonna explain it to somebody reporter and then his brother had told him don't ever do that because when you say it's up to the uh, viewer's interpretation but mine is this they don't hear that first part they're only going to hear your what your interpretation is and say that's law right so he just he even though he definitely has feelings about the endings of what he thinks every one of his movies are, he doesn't want to say that. So here at the end of Inception, we're left with the is he in the reality or is he not in reality? Um, which is weird because it happens so fast. I mean, it feels like it's not even like five minutes from when he's down there at the lowest level. He sees uh, Saito says the thing and then all of a sudden, hey, we're back, everything's good. Ending of the movie. Mm-hmm. Right? Which makes right. it even more lean into the it's not a real thing. How did you feel? Do you think that uh he came out of that? Or we're all watching I, it? I spent some time like I said, I saw this in the theater and we had many conversations about it. I read somewhere recently, and if you're still listening, jump out of here because we're gonna talk about the ambiguous ending of Inception. Mm-hmm. Um I read somewhere recently something that I should have caught on to. That's the kind of thing. I think I said this before in, I don't remember what movie, but when you're doing maybe unusual suspects or something or uh, usual suspects, unusual suspects is the board game. Um, When you're doing a movie that hinges on a twist ending, like how do you know, how do you balance giving the audience enough clues when you already know, right? That's got to be really challenging and kind of like DMing, except you're DMing to millions of people. Um, The, the top is not Cobb's totem, right? It's his wife's. No, I thought, no. Okay. I only watched it once. So maybe, you know, but I thought, no. I mean, I didn't, I didn't catch it either. Like until I read this thing a couple months ago, that had never occurred to me. I'd never pieced it together. There's apparently a line somewhere where he says, he says what his is. And they sort of allude to that concept a little bit when um, 
Joseph Gordon-Levitt has his die, his way to die. Um, this idea of your totem has to be something that only you would recognize. Um, because that's the whole, that's the whole MacGuffin of it. Um, and so based on that, based on it not being his totem, that means that he is, that he is in the real world. I don't know. It, it, I've, I've now forgotten the details of that, of that breakdown, but it feels like one of those, um, maybe to Nolan and whoever else, it was really clear, but they're like, if you're not really listening, if you're not really paying attention, you're going to get to get to the end and, and be confused or, or the, the central like question, the, the what's in the box of, of Cobb's story with his wife is this, is this question, is this unknown? It's a thing. Um, you know, it's the thing that made the Matrix. It's the thing that made the Next Generation episode where they send Moriarty off in a in a perpetually running holodeck simulation. Right. Right. It's this it's this is your reality real, right? Or is it a dream? Is it a simulation? Um and so I think it's the ending is intended to be ambiguous. And that's not a thing. I've not seen all of his movies, but I don't think that's a thing that Nolan usually does. Like the ending of Memento is disturbing and a little bit mind blowing, but it's not ambiguous. It's not confusing. Um, Same thing with uh, the prestige. Right. Um, And so I think, I think it's just intentional that, um, it's supposed to be it's supposed to be a little unclear. Yeah, I mean, which means that there isn't a proper air quotes again and uh, ending. Answer. It, it, it doesn't have an answer, it doesn't have a thing. There is no there is no true ending. The the writer did not write an ending. Like I mean, depending on your perception, he he wrote an ending. Um but you know, he the director/writer intentionally has said he did not, he doesn't want you to know if that's a real ending or, you know, if it's a fake ending. Uh, so that means that there isn't one. It, it is what you make it. And and I've had conversations with multiple people and you included whether I enjoy these movies, you know, that kind of a thing, because I want a story told. Uh, Sydney and I were talking on the couch about it. It was, um, uh, it, the example we used was, um, you know what? Uh, Hansel and Gretel went into a forest and they saw a candy house and there was a witch who eats little kids. And they went inside. All right, let's go to bed now. It's like, oh, wait, what happened to there? <laughs> like, oh, just make it up yourself. Like, that's amazing. No, we want to know what happened to them. It's not as fun unless you tell the whole, we, we came here for a story and you told us half of one, you know, and then. Sure. So. You know, from that perspective, which I've always maintained, you know, it's something important to me. I, I don't like, you know, an, an endings. This one had a moment of me feeling that way of because uh, I, I knew going into this that people said that there is an ambiguous ending here. So I kind of expected it, which helped soften the mm-hmm. blow. Um, but I was like, uh, yeah, that sucks. I wish there was one, but I'm fine. 
because I like I it wasn't necessarily the ending. I really enjoyed all of the whole just the theory and the idea of the dream heist was so entertaining and so unique and so mm-hmm. very cool coupled with the whole, you know, uh no gravity stuff and special effects that were practical effects and things were great. So good that okay, it it had an ambiguous ending. That's fine. That wasn't all, the only part of the whole show. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, moving, I guess we can move out of spoilers. Final thoughts, yes? Yeah. On this one? Uh, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I will definitely keep it on the list of 100, uh, fairly high up, because I enjoy these movies that, that makes your brain tingle and um, that you, uh, I think, proper, properly said confused at the top. If you're confused, mm-hmm. but you find out that if you think about it, that you're not actually confused, that it's all actually clear, then that's a good movie. Now, if you're confused, it's because and because it's poor writing and they never actually explain anything that's important properly, uh, then it's a confusing bad movie. But this one definitely does all the all the work, all the heavy lifting, gives you enough, but not too much, and it's really fun and just a, a really fun ride through the whole thing. And I want to watch it again, you know, which is. Good. Yes. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was tricky watching this after a long time and kind of knowing a lot of where it's going. I think, and again, I've not seen all of them, but if I were trying to rank Christopher Nolan movies to decide how many, because that's the kind of thing, right? Like if you're making your top 100 songs, you can't put, 50 billy joel songs on there you gotta you know, <laughs> i mean you, you could a, you can right you gotta have a limit somewhere also i uh i started season two of the boys and they yeah. used uh billy joel um pressure which is kind of a dark uh, a deep cut yeah. um anyway i think i think if you if you take off the batman movies because they're they're very good movies and i definitely would keep dark knight uh, on a list, but I don't think it goes on a Nolan list because it's not very Nolan-esque. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm using air quotes as if the, the <laughs> listener can see me. I did that a couple um, times tonight. I would, I would keep Memento at the top um, and probably... It's kind of a toss-up between this one and The Prestige. They're both very good, but The Prestige is darker um, I like this one better than Prestige. Not that I don't like the Prestige, I do, but uh, this one is this one will stay in my memory. Knowing, more, more sort that. of knowing where everything was going, I I found much more like not confusion, but like the the pacing. Even though it's kind of long, the pacing was so frantic that I was like, I, I it seems like it would it, be really easy to get it lost. Really is it really in what's is happening frantic. and. And some of the pacing, like you said, it's it basically goes in three acts. Um, it's everything before the dream starts, and then the the very last, like snowy. I don't think this is spoilers. Um, it's everything before the rain starts, and then everything before the snow starts are are the three acts as I think of them. Sure, okay. and and the the third act 
felt kind of draggy and the first act felt kind of rushed. Um, I don't know. That's just sort of a sort of a hot take impression for me. Um, when I was thinking about this, uh, watching while I was watching it, I was like, would I keep this? Would I would I drop Memento for this? And I don't think I would. Um, whether I would drop the prestige for this is kind of kind of up in the air. I think this one is more is probably more fun, more entertaining. As I said, the pre- prestige is kind of dark um, all the way through just the setting, the era and the story itself. Um, yeah. So if you're if you're on a limited, you know, as we said uh, before we started recording, if you're making 100 movies like you can only have a hundred, so you've got to. You've got. I don't know, man. I, I may end something. up. I may end up at the end of this with fifty Steven Spielberg movies on my list. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard for me to hold back on somebody. So yeah, this um, one will. This one will. But end, yeah, end it's up with Memento. It's still very good. I would. I would absolutely put this movie in before Dunkirk or Inception. Um, yeah, wait, this is Inception. Not Inception. Uh, Interstellar. Oh. Both. Oh God! Yes, for sure. Yeah movies start with i um right. there's a sort of there's a sort of high risk high reward to this to this nolan-esque type of of storytelling like if you go too hard into it then the audience is lost and you're you know yeah yeah and, and i think you're watching I, I think to, to some bit he he doesn't go like with this one he could go deeper he could have gone deeper into the explaining mental stuff and explaining dreams more and explaining the science of what they're trying to do. He could have gone deeper. Right. But he pulled right. back, but it's he all pulled back just before it was too much. It's all just kind of, kind of hand waved and, and yeah, this is like this. And, and this is like that, like just give you the bits of it that are important. And you know, the, the real like nitpicky logic of it doesn't matter. Because it's yeah. a movie, right, right. All right. So, what what do we got next? We're coming. We're coming into the end of the year. We're in the final stretch. As September is fully in. What's yeah, our next I one? went. I went back. It's been a couple movies since I've scratched anything off my poster. So I went and and did that. I had like four or five that I hadn't done, and there are only a few few gray squares left. Right. Goodness. Um. Okay. Next we have Scarface. Oh it's, uh, wow! It's a El- mob movie. Al Pacino, Cuban drug. Early 70s or 80s? Cocaine. I think late 70s. Um, That's the wrong way. Um, 83. Yeah, I was going to say late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. Yeah. It it feels like it. It's okay. And if I've seen this, it was like... On TV decades ago. I'd yeah, that, kind that, of the that same. Word, like, but... I maybe rented it once 20 years ago. I don't remember anything about it. Right. Wow. Well, um, cool. That's that's uh, something I hadn't think about. Hey, uh, speaking of crazy movies that coming out, we, we talked earlier about trailers with um, Discovery. Today, uh, the Dune trailer launched. Hmm. That You were a Dune fan, right? I mean... I don't know if I would say fan. Like I watched, okay. like you didn't read the book. I've never read the book. Books, uh... um, okay. I think I saw both the old movie and the bad miniseries. Um, oh, I yeah. couldn't really tell you anything about it except there are worms and spice and 
a kid who becomes a sort of Christ character. Um, I watched I watched I the the old movie within the last year. So okay. I mean I, I had seen it like you're describing in the past, or maybe bits and pieces of it, or when I was younger and couldn't understand it. So like last year on my own, I decided to sit and watch it, and and I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. So but and and now I actually know the plot of it. Um, so watching the trailer was kind of cool because I could oh I know who this character this like you said like Christ character is and I know who this character is being. But I found it I found it interesting that uh, it has a lot of well-known people in it like the lead is obviously not but um it's got drax in it it's got aquaman in it um hmm. and a couple others that i was like oh yeah wait those feel like summer blockbuster people isn't patrick stewart in it or are you talking about the new one newer one oh the new one yeah no aquaman is not in the old one yeah no the new one uh, the new trailer has has some some well-known popular actors in it um, which I was surprised to see, but it looks good. looks cool. Uh, you know, and again, any kind of new media is going to get stuff. I'm not sure, sure if it's always going to be a big hit because, you know, things like Tenant and, um, oh, uh, the Wonder Woman. Uh, Wonder, no, I'm thinking of other movies that have been, re- been released, uh, New Mutants. Uh, new even Mutants. though people have been had a Trolls. huge drought for uh, drought for for movies they're still not necessarily getting a free pass but you know i um our buddy justin who is a huge x-men fan uh took, took rolled the dice and went to the theater to see that movie and i didn't know anything about it but i saw a poster come up on something and it's um uh the girl from glass uh anya taylor joy something like that yeah um yeah. Maisie williams who was Arya yep. in in Game of Thrones and the guy who plays Jonathan in Stranger Things. Yeah. And I'm like I am not interested in a movie with those three. <laughs> like that I, does not they're, like they're so young and so like I mean they're fine like they're not the their roles any, were not the ones you I don't like, have anything right. against them but I'm like I'm like that does not seem like a movie for me. Like I don't love <laughs> I don't love X and that much. Like I want to see some and, adults. And I and I, I'm not a horror fan in general anyway, so that's not. I, I am a big fan of Yana oh, Rasputin, a, which is one of the is main it a characters. Horror kind of story it, arc. It I don't horror. know anything about it. Yeah, it's. I, I guess it's a horror story arc. Um, and I, I, I like the character of Yana Rasputin, who who is a, uh, kind of a deep cut, kind of deep cut ish character in in uh, X Men. So her being on there was, is kind of exciting to me, but not enough. The movie hasn't got me enough to expire to like, want to go watch that or at all. Um, it, so, Hey, real quick, we only have a little bit of time left and we hadn't really talked about putting this on the show, but I don't know how we can go a week without talking about it. Last week we watched the bill new bill and Ted movie. Oh, I forgot all about that. Right. Um, right. How could we forget about that? Did we No, it's, uh, did we talk about it last week on the podcast? No, last Thursday is when we is when we actually watched it. No, but did we talk about the first one? Maybe not. Uh, I don't maybe th- not. I don't think we did. There there was not a lot to say. So, um since the lockdown started back in March or April, we've been doing Thursday night movies. Probably yep. mentioned this on the show a couple times. Um 
And with the imminent release of Bill and Ted Face the Music, um, you know, as you said, this drought of new media, we're like, oh, hey, a new thing. And it's, you know, it's from Keanu Reeves, the Internet's new Lord and Savior. Um, <laughs> like, absolutely, we're going to watch that. And we couldn't uh, we couldn't find get anything uh, lined up in time with schedules and people who wanted to watch it. The the actual day it came out because um our buddy trotsky couldn't find it it was like thursday but it wasn't going to be available until midnight or something it was and then fox wanted to watch it with us i remember right it was this whole mess and also fox wanted to watch it with us so we said um we'll watch the first one and then and then we'll see and i don't remember if it was late or like we watched lower decks first but we we only watched the first one two weeks ago it's almost three weeks well, ago. Right. And then we Wednesday. did watch Bogus Journey too, right? We did. So um, two weeks ago, we watched Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I think most everybody had seen it. I never saw it. Um, I have this whole thing where movies that would not have been in my house growing up, right, that my parents would not have yeah. watched or, or approved of. I yeah. had like one avenue of seeing, and this was a distant cousin who had an extensive VHS library. And so I had seen the the second half or second two-thirds of Bogus Journey, but never saw Excellent Adventure. Um, it didn't seem which, which interesting is weird. enough. It's a, I mean, right. it just happens. Like, I was I was over at yeah, yeah. his house, and yeah. he was in the middle of watching it. The same thing happened with Back to the Future. I saw part two before ever seeing part one. Um, well, you saw, you saw the worst parts of both movies. You saw the worst part... Of both movies, I mean, of for course a, you didn't want to watch for the rest a long of them. time. For a long time, I thought that that Back to the Future Two was the best because it was the future and it was flashy and cool, and and never right, mind right. the like gaudy uh, future of the eighties kind of kind right, of uh, aesthetic of all of it. But all the technology stuff was cool to me, like you know, talk to your house right. and stuff. Um, anyway. So, I'd never so seen you Excellent liked, Adventure. You ended up so liking Excellent Adventure, right? We watched Excellent Adventure, sort of knowing that it was bad, right? It's, it's right, of course. It's good. We bad. all know that, right? Um, it's made. It's it's it, I, even when it launched, it was made to be. Yeah, bad. I had kind of a sense that that's what it was, and I again, I saw the second two thirds of Bogus Journey, but I would have been like eleven or twelve, right? So I don't remember really at all. Wait, 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 real quick. Sorry to interrupt you. We're using the word. We talked about this. We're using the wrong word here. It's not bad, right? It's just, what do we say? Dumb or no? It's, it seems like a derogatory term. It's campy. Which we don't mean it to be. It's campy. So yeah. um, campy or, or Sorry, good, bad. Good, um, bad. Yeah. Good, bad as opposed to, to bad, bad. And so, and so we're, mm-hmm. watching, we're watching Excellent Adventure and I'm waiting for the lines. The lines, they're coming. It's funny yeah, that the yeah. one character is george carlin and right um san Dimas football rules right san Dimas, and within at least the first half if not the first third i saw something happen where they go and they see the people that we've already seen who are in the future and they tell them the lines be excellent to each other and party on yeah all oh, right right and then you know my mind watching so much sci-fi etc is oh this is this is a temporal loop this is a paradox like 
this whole <laughs> this whole story and i didn't say anything because i don't want to be that guy like it's in my head but i'm like i'm gonna wait and see Good. if what i think is happening is actually real before i i mean even though you guys have already seen it i don't want to be that right, guy in right. a movie going um actually that's a paradox that you <laughs> right 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 um and and that's exactly what it is like George Carlin comes from the future to make sure that they go to the future to set up the the sequence of events that makes him go back to the future. It's a it's 100% paradox. None of that matters because the whole movie is just about these two goofy guys going and gathering historical figures so that they can get a paper done in time for class. And it doesn't it doesn't matter at all that they're taking um you know characters from hundreds of years in the past gathering them all together and it's fine like are they gonna take them back is abraham lincoln gonna be the same after having met beethoven and socrates like is there is socrates gonna be the same like he's not gonna be affected by having seen the future none of that's important none of it matters right it's just this silly dumb fun ride i mean as as soon as you you I think what helps it along is like they immediately get people from the past and and it it doesn't matter, right? Like Napoleon is in the present and they don't even like that's You know, if you're asking questions at this point, you're, you're doing, you're in the wrong, you're in the wrong. (laughs) Right. So, so that was great. Wonderful. I've always had a soft spot for Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Um, Watching it again was fantastic. Anyway, it lived up to what I remembered it to be. Um, and I just enjoyed it for the funniness, and and it definitely is still still has the the one liners that you can say along with them when they say right. it, you know, like, uh, "Hey Ted, how about if I remember, you know, or Bill, why don't I remember my keys and put, I can go get the keys later?" And like, "Oh yeah, right, I remember that. It's great." Remember to wind your watch, uh, and and remember like, to wind your watch. Bill Bill delivers all these lines with random big words for no apparent reason. <laughs> anyway, right. we watched that, and then last yep. Thursday, um, yeah. Face the Music was out, um, but our buddy Fox wanted us to wait because uh, he couldn't get on right away. And sometimes we have time to watch two movies. So we said, well, let's watch let's watch movie number two. Let's watch Bogus Journey and where they they go to the, you know, they go to hell or underworld or whatever. They meet Death, mm-hmm, who is mm-hmm. um, the guy uh, from Shawshank. Um, yeah, yeah. H- Hadley, um, yeah. which is... It's kind of funny knowing that because he's in this like pale, you know, bald death head skull right. kind of thing. Um, and they do. And, all and this... he is he is the best part of that second movie. Yeah, he's he's goofy fish out of water kind of thing. And it's it's not as good. It's nowhere near as good as the first one. But it's right. still like had after, some moments after a while it gets into its rhythm and you're like, OK, I see it's the same it's the same kind of thing and once they once they got death with them like it got more funny there was a whole weird muppets thing with the station character yeah and the robots are just and they over and they, the top this, weird all this stuff with robots right cuz it's 1991 like robots are super <laughs> cool now um and then and then we watched the new one which was just I mean, I don't know if you can spoil it. We probably could if we were not careful, but it was so much more. In, I, I don't want to say good. It was so much more enjoyable <laughs> than it had any business being. Like, it's not 100%, good. 100%. It's not Shawshank. It's not. No. Um, no. You know, 
Infinity War and Endgame. But in this in this like time of of new media drought and having just seen one and two to come back, you know, 30 years later to have these same guys and they're old and they're still trying to write the song that's going to unite the world. Um, Mm -hmm. And And they're still hopeful, good, kind, awesome people. They're still, they're still the same. And there's all this like time paradox stuff that people kept getting confused. Like they have the same princesses though the the medieval princesses are different actresses every movie even though almost everybody every else <laughs> stays the same like they still have right. um uh the guy um the guy from Shawshank playing death um right right um they like they're the the princesses their wives like go on their own little side and you only see them from <laughs> time to time and everybody was so confused they're like why are they there? Who's who's with them? And it was kind of it reminded me of when we watched Superman three because I don't I don't think of myself that pays really close attention to movies sometimes, but I'm like, <laughs> no, they said that when he came, she came back and talked to them, or when they saw their future selves, they said, you know, the the princesses are going to leave and their their future selves are going to come and take them and then they're going to leave us. And so every time you'd see them again somebody was like who are who are who's with them and i'm like it's them from the future he explained it in the first act <laughs> we, we, you know the the thing this movie did uh which was the best part of this movie was i was smiling the whole show mm-hmm. like my my mm-hmm. face was just kind of in a permanent smile of everything is fun and great and and scene to scene and line and it, bill and ted are basically smiling the whole show and which makes you kind of smile the whole, sh- whole show. Right. And even when there's like, he- there is a, a few, I'm going to say heavy parts that, that are just seconds long, but you know, like that he has a drinking problem or that, you know, they, there's something else I'm not going to say that bad happens to them in their futures. Um, uh, those are like, Oh, heavy, but they just last a second to make it real. And then they're back to their happy selves. Um, and that, but that's very small and everything is just so much, so much fun that you're, you're just loving it. Uh, they, they, they pay nostalgia just enough, right? They, they, at the first, I don't know, 20 minutes of the show, they immediately knocked out all of your worries about them being older, about the plot, about, is it going to be a, um, passing the torch? They, they did kind of address everything, right? What, how does it work out in the, in the future when, um, I had said when we watched Bogus Journey, it ended with them saying, we've got two, like Little Bill and Little Ted. Like, oh, they've got two boys. Mm-hmm. And they immediately addressed the fact that they've got two daughters in this movie right. right off the bat. So everything seems to like that you had worries about this movie was addressed and talked about in the very beginning of the movie. And then we're off into the best, you know, the movie, which is great. Um, yeah. It had phenomenal, like Bill and Ted are still the main characters for sure. And they're still great. And they're still their I don't know how the guy that played Bill has not done anything except Bill, but he comes right back in 30 years later and he's right back into Bill as Preston Esquire. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly um, the same. Just fine. And, and Ted the same way. But then you have, I don't want to say a, a, a new movie, but you've got another movie with the kids, the daughters that are fantastic as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got almost a new death in Dennis in the, the new robot. Oh, the the robot. Yeah. Which was, I don't want to say steal the show, but he's the exact kind of thing that that death did. 
for him. Like you can't steal a show from Bill and yeah. Ted, but death was great. Right. And now you can't steal a show from Bill and Ted, but Dennis is amazing. So I loved it. I laugh. Many of us were laughing out loud, belly laughing, um, at the same time over, over our discord talk. And yeah, rec- highly recommended if you were even mildly fans of the, of the other ones. I, do you think it would hold up? Okay. If you just watched that one or, or not? Oh, I mean, I don't think so. No. I mean, you'll, you get something out of it, but so much of it is referential. It's like, um, yeah, I guess there's like a scene you know, when they go to the. To, it's to like therapy, watching. Right? It's like watching Infinity War and Endgame without seeing any MCU. Like you don't have to see all the yeah. MCU, and and in this case, there are only three movies. Like you could watch just the first one, and the new one, but you're missing all the characters. Not all the characters, but the one character they added in the second one. Um, and yeah, there are a and, lot of some of the there are a lot of references. In the new one, to things that were in the second one, like that's sort of what happens when you make a movie like this thirty years later. I, I do, I do enjoy, and I don't think it's a spoiler anyway. I, I do enjoy when they they decide they're going to go to couples therapy with their wives, who are also <laughs> happy and fun people too. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they they go to couples therapy, and the the therapist sits there and says, "So, Bill and Ted, when your wives ask for couples therapy." I don't, do you see that they didn't actually mean this? And like, they're all, both of them are all sitting there. Yeah. They're they're playing off of this. Like they're never, they're never apart. Like they're never apart here. They are like 30 years later and still never apart. Yeah. Yeah, Which is great. Right. The the whole, I mean, if you watch the, again, if you watch the second movie, they proposed together, they said the same things together. They do everything. and, And this immediately goes like plays on those, you know, references to the first movie. It's funny in its own, but if you watch the other ones, you know exactly it's even more yeah, they, funnier. They so. don't exist individually. Like, they are Bill and Ted together. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. T- together. Yeah. And uh, I think was I think they, they did the same thing. I, I got to remember. I watched it again. Their daughter's names are something like Theodora. Uh, uh, yeah, the same. Something like that. Some obnoxious, crazy thing junior or some kind of stuff so yeah good good movie i I loved it um i'm happy to watch it i, I bought it i'm gonna watch it again you know there's yeah you got to put your money where your mouth is type type thing if you like a thing pay money for it don't just right. rent it for one time and, and see whatever this is <laughs> i want to give and especially in a time of pandemic when movies are forced to release and um they are probably losing money as opposed to if they would have released it in non-pandemic sure. times yeah. So it's it's good good to pay for that. So yeah, everybody should do that. Go Mulan is another one that's out now that we may watch. I think I'm not sure. Maybe I I so. doubt that one will be as fun. <laughs> that, that one will not be as as fun. Correct. Correct. Probably All right, not. Man, I think we we got not it. as we, fun we as the it. cartoon even. But uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Right. I think we're got so, it. We're got it going on this so week. So this has been. The Front Porch, episode 159. Thanks, as always, to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. Uh, if you like Star Trek, we talked about Star Trek a lot this week. Um, 
We have a second show called Klingons and Dragons. That's at KlingonsDragons.com. It is a Star Trek Adventures role-playing podcast. We just put up a new episode last week, so check that out. Uh, it's not safe for work. Getting close to the end of the Season 1 Living Campaign arc over there. I think one oh, or nice. two more episodes, which amounts to, I don't know, half a dozen podcast episodes. Uh, if you have questions or comments, feedback on the show, tell us your personal ranking of Christopher Nolan movies. You can reach out to us via email at frontporchpod at gmail.com or go over to our website. That's at frontporchpodcast.com. There are contact forms there. The schedule for our remaining like dozen movies in the 100 movie challenge. Uh, if you enjoy the show, please consider subscribing on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, wherever podcasts are found. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. Play front porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.